Hello and welcome to another footy feed update where we are evaluating every club as they stand during the shutdown period. I'm Riley Beveridge. I'm joined today by Mark McGowan. And Gallo, we're going to be looking at Hawthorne's fortunes so far this year and what we can expect for them in 2020. They obviously had a very impressive first up win against Brisbane on that bizarre Sunday when the game was put into, uh, into suspension. How impressed should we be by that victory over the Lions? Yeah, look, it's, a, it's an interesting question because obviously, as we know, it's a weird situation, no crowd, um, you know, potentially hanging over their head that they wouldn't be playing beyond that game, even though they didn't find out definitely until afterwards. But I, I was really impressed with the Hawks. I, I was someone who had them sitting on the fringes going into the year, and I know a lot of other people had them in the top four again. Um, I was still a little bit unsure. And um, coming up against Brisbane was a good test because they've been a bogey side for the Hawks. I think they'd lost four in a row or something like that over the last couple of years and really struggled to figure them out. But they broke even in the middle, which was I think is really important for the Hawks. If, if they do that, they generally can hurt sides really well coming out of defence and they're a really good intercepting side. And they had Chad Wingard firing, Tom Mitchell back, getting nine clearances. They, they didn't get a great deal out of guys like John Patton up forward, but they still kicked almost 100 points. So if I'm a Hawks fan, I'd be, uh, I'd be pretty pleased with that start. Chad Wingard, someone you mentioned just there, uh, obviously had a, a so-so season in his, his maiden campaign with the Hawks, but looks to be back in a, in a big way in round one, 20 disposals, three goals. Is he about to pay back that confidence they had in him when they recruited him to the club from Port Adelaide? Yeah, it certainly looks that way. I think we saw probably the last five, six rounds last year when he moved full-time into the midfield. He was back to the Chad Wingard we, we know. Um, and starting off best on ground, I think both coaches had him best on ground as well. I think everyone in the media would have as well. And to kick three goals, have 20-plus touches um, and, and have a real impact everywhere he went, I'd be, uh, I'd be pretty bullish about what Chad Wingard's going to do. Obviously, they've got a big break, so the momentum gets cut, but um, he looks like his body's right again. And at his very best, he's, he's one of the best players in the competition, I think. Jack Gunston's another interesting case study. The Hawks can obviously play either end of the field. He shifted into defence at times in round one with, with Hardwick and Impey injured, obviously, for the foreseeable future. Where do you see his position long-term, especially when those guys get back? Should they return at some stage in 2020? I still think we'll see him up forward. I think that's his best spot. I think we've seen that consistently over the years. He's been a guy who can kick over 50 goals, but we've also seen that wherever he plays, he has an impact. He's a beautiful kick of the footy, great reader of the play, and um, it's one of the real strengths of the Hawks to have that versatility, and he's a perfect example of that. You see guys like Hardwick and Impey out, as you mentioned, and Hardwick in particular, him going out, they lose a lot of that drive and, and beautiful kicking out of defence, and Gunston's able to slot back in there and, and provide that. But I think once they're up and running, they get those two key guys back in defence. I think they're going to need Gunston up forward. He's not that um, typical tall target in attack, but he's a really good link man, can you know, find a way to score. And I think the Hawks still need him more down there if they're, um, they're going to kick a winning score and be a really good side this year. Do you see that tall forward line working to effect with obviously John Patton goes in there. They've got Mitch Lewis and, and Tim O'Brien as well. Can they play all four of them in the same forward line, do you think? Yeah, well, that, that's the big question with the Hawks. Um, we know last year they, they didn't even average 80 points a game. So there was clearly a need for someone to come in. They identified John Patton a long way out. and He, he was really impressive over the preseason, but he ran into Harris Andrews in round one and he got beaten handily. He, was, uh, he wasn't um, a great performer first up despite them winning. And Tim O'Brien didn't do a great deal either. Mitch Lewis we didn't see at all uh, because of that injury late in the preseason. 
So we haven't quite seen them all together yet because obviously Tim O'Brien had an eye injury in the, in the preseason too. So there's been a real delay in, in seeing these, these guys and how they're going to work together. So can it work? Um, look, again, it remains to be seen, but we've seen in the past, Hawthorne sides have had that three tall forward line set up and it's worked for them. And I think that's what Clarko's thinking can, can happen again. So they'd have a plan in mind. And I think those guys have all got the ability to play different roles up there. So I think it will work, but there's going to be some teething problems. Just from a, a personnel point of view, what do you think we should make from of, of Jack Scrimshaw being mate, left out of that round one team? I mean, I was quite impressed with what he managed to deliver in his, in his maiden season with the Hawks having moved from the Suns. What should we make of that going forward? Um, I think it's more consistency from the way Alistair Clarkson approaches young guys. He, he gives them a chance. We saw a lot of him last year outside of his times he was injured. Um, and, he, and he looked really good as an intercepting defender. He's got a, a really nice left boot on him as well. Um, but he always makes them work for games. And he's always, in his whole career, backed experience over youth. Um, and we saw Sam Frost come in. We've seen Ben McAvoy go down back as well. So there just wasn't a spot for him early on. Um, I, I don't think that's a... Um, an example of where he's at in his development. He also had a little bit of an injury over the preseason too. So um, I think Jack Scrimshaw is still a massive part of Hawthorne's long-term future. But Clarko's always in win-now mode, I think. Um, and he, I think he's quietly quite bullish about what this Hawthorne side can do this year. You mentioned experience there. They have got a lot of experience on their side, the Hawks, this year. Paul Puopolo, Sean Burgoyne. Ricky Henderson, James Frawley, these guys are all over 30 years old, even the captain, Ben Stratton. How many of them do you expect to survive into 2021? Yeah, I think part of this is going to come down to what happens with list sizes. If they do drop to 35, let's say, um, I think several of those guys could be in in serious strife. I I don't see Paul Puopolo playing beyond this year. Um, We saw some real signs of regression from him last year. He stayed elite defensively. Um, but I think you'd like to think as a, as a Hawks fan that, uh, and even as a coaching staff that guys like Ollie Hanrahan, Dylan Moore, these sort of guys will actually be able to go past him. Sean Burgoyne, I mean, who knows? He just kicked three goals in round one. But again, I think we saw signs of regression from him. And Ricky Henderson, I think, would have surprised the Hawks internally with how good he was last year. And backing that up is going to be really key to him extending his future. They're on the cusp of finals in 2019. They get the, the Brownlow medalist in Tom Mitchell back from that season out with the broken leg. What does that mean for their finals chances? Do, do you think should footy return at some stage this year? And, and depending on what it looks like, are they a genuine finals contender? And even more than that, can they be a genuine premiership contender? I'm not ready to call them a premiership contender. I just, I just don't believe they're at that point with the quality on the list. I think they are quite old. Um, but as a finals contender, I said at the top, I, I saw them right on the fringes there. Um, you bring in Tom Mitchell and he really shores up a spot that isn't a huge strength for them at the moment, right there in the centre. But he comes in and have nine clearances. It just shows what he's capable of right from the get-go. Um, I definitely see them at least contending and being in it right until the, the very end. Um, and winning that game against Brisbane, if they win those sort of 50-50 games, um, they'll be in there and... Um, yeah, it's going to be uh, that reputation they've got at that, that time of year in September, October, December, whenever we end up playing, that uh, they can do anything. So, yeah, there's definitely reason to be pretty hopeful of what they can do this year. Well, they're certainly going to be one of the most intriguing teams to watch when the season hopefully does resume at some stage in 2020. Thanks for your time today, Mark. Thanks, Riley. And don't forget, for all of the latest, you can keep clicking back to afl.com.au and the AFL Live official app. <laughs>